Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. Joined as ever by my frozen co-host Ray, and definitely <coughs> vibing out on music he could absolutely hear. Mike, gentlemen, how are we? Hello. Great. Uh, you know, the same. I the guess. I mean, that generally good. positive, maybe a bit. I mean, I'm doing great. So, how about you, Felix? He's doing great. He just looked at me. How about yourself, Josh? Not too bad. I can't. Uh, I can't complain. Happy to be back after a a little little absence, but uh, you know, it's it's you know it's happening. Guys, if you don't mind, I want to jump right on into the BS. Let's well, go let's for just it. All right, let's go. Let's do this. Let's talk about Six Days in Fallujah. Let's just not even bury the lead. Oh. Let's just <laughs> let's just punch this pig right here, right now. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. As, so this game, as as the game, late Bill O'Reilly would say, "Fuck it, let's do it live." Absolutely. Uh, this game being developed by uh, some guy. The eh, it's actually a team. Josh. It was the other one. The other one. Uh, originally, anyway. it was going to come out in like 2000. I want to say 2011 or something like that. Yeah, it was a it was, long time ago. It was. It was quite a while ago. Um, you know, not far removed from the actual battle itself. Um, it's pretty far removed. Controversial, if you will. Well, okay, so you're right, not far removed. I thought you meant, like, in timeline-wise, but if you're talking, like, there are you, the game's premise is to use the real-life names of uh, Marines and uh, <clears throat> in the event and their unit numbers and their actual place where it took place in a real-life battle of Fallujah, which uh, is a very controversial battle because apparently the U.S. admitted to using white phosphorus, which is a war crime, um, it has been a war crime for, even at the time when it happened, probably 20 years plus after then. And uh, the game got canceled, delayed, put on the back burner because the parents of the people that, uh, of the soldiers, well, Marines that were being represented, threw up a backlash saying, hey, this is really, really insensitive that you should not just make a video game off these people's names and this combat. Like, it's one thing to make a, a video game, let's say, off the landing of D-Day on Omaha Beach. I think we've all played at least one video game based off of that. Um, like, Middle of Honor Allied Assault, I do believe, is very popular for doing that. But by that time that game was made, that was like 50, 70 years after the fact or something like that. This was like, what, 2005? and the game was being made in 2011. I think that's a little raw. That's a little new. Especially mm -hmm. since um, World War II had a definitive end to it. Like, there's peace treaties and everything about this side. We, we, we're, hey, hey, we're, we're still in Iraq. It's 2021, yeah. and we are still in Iraq. There are still uniformed combat soldiers there to this day. Um, So this game has come back, and the developer... Uh, the lead developer shot off their mouth and said, uh, we are trying to be apolitical about this real-life combat engagement in, yeah, war, war crime, thank you, in Fallujah. Gentlemen, 
I don't talk a lot about my former military service on this podcast, but I was actually in Fallujah uh, from 2007 to 2008. I would like to think that if someone made a video game about the one year I spent there, there is political as fuck about it. <laughs> as a matter of fact, you have my full permission after I pass away to make the most political ass game about Iraq as possible if you guys find your druthers to do it. By all means. <clears throat> Anyways, I want to hear Mike's opinion about <laughs> specifically Mike uh, about um, a <laughs> about this particular game. So I guess I've got a couple of things here. One, I think it is very funny that uh, this game, um, you know, that this uh, uh, Peter Tomty. Uh, I think he's. Let's, the, let's go with that. Uh, the head of the publisher Victura who is publishing the game uh, has said that the government has not really been involved in the making of this uh, project uh, this is uh, not really true um, do y'all smell that? So, it smells like bullshit yeah um, you know lots of people uh, are connected to like you know he, he talked with like marine officers who and, and took input from them about the making of the game. And then further back, you know, a lot of the same people who are making this, you know, have connections to building software and working with the government, the military, and mm -hmm. are and uh, not even excluding the CIA. So, uh, you know, just to get that out of the bat here, you know, these are things that are, like there is a GameSpot article about this stuff. So this is not exactly hard to dig, uh, hard to... Uh, uh, hard to find stuff. Um, you know, it doesn't take a lot of sleuthing to get to the bottom yeah, of some of this. It's like I, this was a lot of this was dug up by uh, Twitter user uh, Axel underscore Hext. If you want to go look up his thread about it, I want to give credit to them because they did put all the links together in, in a nice place. So there's definitely it's all there. It's not a big secret or anything. It's just you know again like reading the like reading the. the Frickin' Steam description for this thing, where it's like, here are the stories about the Marines, soldiers, and, and other fighters, and, and this harrowing tale. And it's like, like I just, it, it, like, I'm so, I'm sorry to be crass, but it, it's. I, I think the really frustrating thing about this project is that when they say things like, "We're not interested in portraying." the the crimes that were committed um we're not you know we don't like we are you know this but and this isn't a political game this is just about like it's it's kind of staggering like i don't know if this person is like doesn't know what they're doing and that what they're saying is not possible um or if they, or they're, and they're like just kind of a patsy for people who want to, you know, massage this kind of message into what people think about what happened, um, about the war in general. And uh, it's just kind of wild. Like it's, it's the, like eight, eight, I guess just to not rant forever, I promise. Um, but like apolitical is, that is it it's not a real position like you can say you are like apolitical doesn't mean wow there are bad guys on both sides like that that's not what that really means and 
a <laughs> a game that is a game that looks at like Iraq and then says, "Wow, this is hard. This is this is such a bad, messed up situation," but doesn't propose the alternative of a, a, you know an anti-imperialist agenda, then it is ultimately just like it, either wittingly or unwittingly, it is just serving to like like launder the reputation of like you know empire like there's there's different way you sell those things there's like the team america fuck yeah angle and then mm-hmm. like the like the oh we feel we have a burden to do this like oh we feel so bad about this awful thing that happened i mean there's no but it had to happen you understand that right i mean but we feel bad about it and that's the important thing like, like I, there's no yeah. like there's no like they trap you in that like duality and there's no like think games projects like six days in fallujah like help spin that whole help play a very important role in that whole spin and create an alternate create a world where there's no alternative like beyond that and it's quite frankly it's grosser than it, it, this is almost grosser than like you know your rah 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 fuck yeah America stuff like there's really mm, it just makes me really mad and I hope this game sucks it <laughs> 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 does bad and is bad the end um, yeah it 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 screams of somebody who wants this particular conflict and this particular American involvement to be remembered in the same way of, you know, the great liberation of Europe. It's trying to force this, like, grandiose memory on something that just doesn't deserve it in the slightest. And it all... It it just... There are ways to tell the stories of this whole experience and this whole fucked up conflict in a different way. There's a way to tell the story of the American soldier and and the you know, the fucked up things that they had to deal with and, and not through the lens of you know, oh, we're just we're just going to say oh, these guys had to go in and spend 6 days in this city liberating it. And we're not going to talk about the bad stuff that they did. Like, there are legitimate stories that can be told and should be heard about this time period. But A, I don't think a video game is the right medium for any of those stories, really. And B, trying to say take an apolitical stance about something that is entirely political, just... It doesn't work. It's just The war in Iraq is nothing but political... And the things that happened there were nothing but political. The, this yeah, is a hot like, take because I saw this from some Facebook and Twitter posts where they're like, well, if they just make a tactical shooter, it could be apolitical like Counter-Strike. And to that I say, uh, every military game ever is political. The military is an arm of policy. If you don't know that, you don't understand how governments work. Like, like they didn't just appear in Iraq. Like when someone <laughs> says something like war is like a war game is apolitical or like I saw some like this guy was floating uh, takes like war is apolitical. It's like 
What? What do you think war is? But like, the culmination <laughs> what is your of politics. What do you think it is? Is it like us? It's like, oh, it's raining. Uh, uh, tomorrow it's going to be sunny. On Friday it's going to be war. Like, do you think that's how that works? <laughs> we like, got ninety percent like, chance of war going on on Thursday. <laughs> I wish I could be as dumb as someone who thinks that. <laughs> Because then that means they're too stupid to actually be depressed and Don't have be too really smooth brain. Have Don't. super fucked up thoughts about how bad things actually are. If you go out, don't forget to bring your iron umbrella. There might be a war out there today. I just, My. God. Oh, I, no. I just, I, I'm like Cypher. I'm just like, give me the blue pill again. Oh, my God, please let me have it. You motherfuckers, <laughs> give it to me. You're, you don't know how good you have it. This steak isn't real, but I want it to be real, and thus it tastes delicious. That sort of thing. What a, the Matrix is a great movie. It's a great film. That what aside, a lov- what a lovely movie. Yeah, I Six Days in Fallujah is definitely one of those things I never thought we'd hear from again, and yet here I, we are. I think it was better that it stayed on the shelf because all this is doing is one is bringing out a lot of bad actors and I think that was kind of the intent uh, the bad actors to say like I want to actually play this game because it's going to like uh, uh, it's going to trigger the libs one the type of people that you think are going to be triggered by this game just simply aren't going to Man. play it so you're not triggering anybody you're just giving your money to this company it's fine that's whatever that's its own thing two we the the market is burdened with tactical shooters, especially ones based on like Desert War. Like, what what's that game? Squad Squad is out Squad. right now. Go play it. it it's like thirty twenty bucks. You want a World Just War Two like, version of that? Go play Postscriptum. Like me, the That's cancel out. culture veteran. Ah, finally a conservative military video game. Yes, finally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what they're what trying to do. Wait, like, get these liberals out yeah. of my goddamn war games. Yeah. We yeah. see you. <laughs> <laughs> While Mike is uh, injecting himself with atropine, it's the, 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 we we see what these people are trying to do to try to say we we still want to sell this game, but we we understand that it's a very dirty message like across this game there's a lot to talk about we just you know, don't want to talk about it we just want to make a there is a kind of dark respect i have for being like you know we have this thing it's like kind of works what if we just like send someone out there to go on twitter and get get the braying hogs all mad <laughs> about the the thing and then be like ooh we're being apolitical Hoo-hoo. but like like a, like a like a like a like a you know Pied Piper situation like leading all of like the Twitter hate mob like justified hate mob I would say in this case I I'm yeah. a member of the hate mob it's it, it me I'm hate mob um, so and then the, and like then a... be like oh look we're saying we're gonna save the most dumbass thing for us to say on the same day the game goes live and then like all the the hoot nanny about it just boom hoot, top five hoot, hoot, steam. Hoot. Well, so I, I want to actually uh, combat that a little bit, Mike. So historically, games that have a lot of uh, controversy around them and justify controversy never sell well. Like, okay, I'll t- I'm gonna take grab That's my true. hand, they ladies have, and gentlemen. They have to convert posting into purchasing. Yeah, uh, remember that game Hatred, the game where you play as like a uh, yeah, a mass shooter. Right. 
Yeah, that game sold like shit. Because, as it turns out, the same people that are like, Yeah, we want to play this game. That's like 12 people. <laughs> the rest, the rest of polite of society... What's that? I own a copy of Hatred. I, I know you do. Because <laughs> I may or may not have gotten featured on the a, a, a local news channel talking That's about right, your Hatred. your local news hit. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> Wait, I'm what? A, a mutual friend of ours, Ray... Uh, happens uh-huh. to work for a local news channel, and he reached out to me when like that game first launched. He's like, "Hey, can we like buy you this game and like record you playing and talking about it a little bit?" And I said, "Sure." So I went down and I recorded a segment talking about the game. I remember there, this. There, this was in is, 2016. Is there like a, a Josh, like, do they give you like the local news? Uh, name card because if so I don't know why that's not your profile picture <laughs> and why it ha- and why it would- shouldn't be for the rest of time I, sh- I, I know should, you have children that you I want should to feature reach out in your to social that, media I should but... reach out to that friend and see if there's any way that he could get like get me that clip I, it's probably, it's I'm probably actually been, it's probably been long enough that there's no archive of it but like that was, this was I remember this now this was four and a half years ago in like August of 2016 and I want to personally, like, congratulate Josh for showing the restraint to not bring this up every waking hour of the day. Because <laughs> that seems out of character for you. Do you guys remember when I was a local video game correspondent on the news? <laughs> Excuse me, when's the last time you plebs were on TV? <laughs> That's what I thought. Now, if you don't mind, fame awaits. <laughs> <laughs> see, see that now he's gonna be hitting on like the public access uh, Friday night show. And it's like, well, so so my like, thoughts on expanding the greenery uh, on Fifth Street. Well, there's a little game I like to call Super Metroid that explains all of this. <laughs> Bear with me. We'll be right back. Uh, you guys remember the game Spec Ops: The Line? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that game is super political, and I think it's going to... And it didn't sell well. It sold actually extremely yeah. poorly. But that that's the point I'm trying to say. Like, most military games, unless your name is, like, Call of Duty or Battlefield, it's already a bit of a hard sell, uh, because most people don't want to play modern warfare games unless you are either the big names or you've got something interesting to say. And even if you have something interesting to say, it better be really interesting, because... Yeah, it, war is sad... Uh, sad face emoticon does not count as interesting in 2021. I'm sorry, you're just yeah. It's just, yeah it's I mean, crap. I mean, Spec Ops like, the Line had something interesting to say what eight, ten years ago, but like today, no, that message doesn't. You know, it's it's not really. Yeah, you have you have to go a little deeper than that. Yeah, it yeah. was ten years it's, ago that game came Spec out. Spec Ops the Line is a game that like Uses the one what, I think of, the one thing I I distinctly remember from this game is when it's like. Oh look, there's all those bad guys in the thing. You gotta do the bad thing, and I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. Can I do it to something else? And they're like, no, you have to do this. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do this. Can I do something else? And they're like, no, you have to do this. I'm like, okay, and I do it, and it's like, wow, why did you do the bad thing, you bad person? Way to go, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, I think games have gotten better about that stuff, but like chastising, like railroading me into a decision. And then chastising me for making that decision is, uh, I think it sucks. Well, well, as but. long as you're going to keep playing the game, 
uh, you always have the decision to keep going. Because there's a question in that game on... Okay, I'm about to get into some... Because Spec Ops Align is actually kind of interesting, and it'll be, like, way more interesting than Six Days of Fallujah, which is actually based on a real-life event that took place eh, 15 years ago or something like that. And that's a shame. Um, but in Spec Ops Align, there, there is the biggest question... Again, spoiler alert coming up. If your character's even alive the entire time you're playing the game, he could be in purgatory. And that's, like, one of my favorite theories coming out of the game. That your character is top in a t caught in a uh, repeating time loop of just his personal hell that he has to keep reliving because he fucked up like many times during this mission. Like replay that game with that in mind, and it turns into a whole different experience. What I'm trying to say is, if you guys are looking for a military shooter with something to say, go play Spec Ops Online, not Call of Duty Black Ops. That has nothing interesting to say. <laughs> I think there are interesting things it does say, but it's not necessarily intending to do them. Well, oh, some, really? some it does and some it doesn't. Uh, it, it's just, you know, it's kind of accidentally wild. When it's like the backstory of one of the good guys is like, oh, this guy threw communists out of helicopters and now you can play as him. And you're just like, uh, oh. Do you oh. get to throw communists out of helicopters? No. Okay. Not in the game, not in Black Ops, but it's just like what in Warzone. You can, like... you can go find like this. The Warzone <laughs> character files; those are. We should do a special segment on our next Wars heck because there are some real wild ones just kind of sitting there, and uh, yeah, there's some really interesting, fun stuff in in those. That uh, and by fun, I mean. Uh, if you guys don't mind, uh, the next topic I have here for us is uh, our favorite bugbear. It's uh, streaming gaming. In this place, in this case, it's Stadia. So last time we talked at this podcast, uh, Stadia did a no-no. Um, no, that that was a couple months ago, actually. We're... Uh, what's that? What's the director? Anyways, he says something really dumb. I forget what it was. Became a Twitter firestorm. The guy oh, who right. the guy who messes up every video game thing he's been a part of for like the past ten years, right? No, yeah. no, no. It was actually like one of the directors in Canada who said that uh, he absolutely would copyright anybody using Stadia footage or video game footage, and that people should uh, content makers should pay companies for the privilege of streaming their game on like Twitch, YouTube, Facebook Gaming, anything like that. So, being that he was a director of Stadia, that blew up. And that was the one of the last bad things that happened to Stadia. That was this past August. So, uh, three weeks That's ago, right. not even, uh, two weeks ago, Stadia decided to close down both of his first-party studios without even releasing a game. Need I remind everyone, Stadia started going for sale in November of 2019. Josh, I believe, as the resident person that plays Stadia games, <laughs> Because I, I I refuse at this point. I want to know your take on the future of Stadia, knowing that not only did they uh, cancel all of their first-party studios, but also that the uh, the lead director that helped create those studios, whose name I forget, the uh, woman that helped create, uh, I think it was the Assassin's Creed series. Her name is escaping me. I want to say it's like Jade Raymond that she had left uh, recently. Looks bad, Chet. <laughs> no, I, um, yeah. It is one of those things that I feel like most people saw coming a mile away. Like, it is one of those, and we kind of talked about this in, in our, our unscripted gaming chat as we kind of got ready for this this show. It's like, 
Google is both the worst and best company to do something like Stadia. They are the best yeah. because they have some of the biggest data centers. They have some of the best distribution. They have the capacity and the money to throw at a project like this. Mm-hmm. But also That's a true. company like Google it has is just so notorious on killing things that aren't seeing results quick enough. Even if they're seeing results and they're not seeing results to the extent that Google expects, they'll ax it with no regard for anything. RIP Google Reader, you know, how many people still talk about that on the internet today? Um, I still talk about ways. That was an idea. It just needed more time. I'm convinced ways could have gone somewhere. It's just... Not not ways, wave, I'm sorry. Wave, ways yes. still exists. Yes. Um, it making a game studio making a product like that is something that takes a lot of time and is not something you're going to see a return on investment of immediately and and i'm sure that whatever they were working on probably got you know they probably had to start over they probably didn't have a, a clear vision on what was happening who knows what that looked like internally but when you're not willing to sit sit and say I am committing to this project for the next three to five years minimum, which is something mm-hmm. that Google is just not going to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things that just seems to be unfortunately inevitable. And as as interesting as the Stadia concept is and, and how I do truly believe that is the future of gaming at some point right now with a company like Google so unwilling to put that in kind of investment in to making the killer app that makes people think, oh, I'm going to specifically buy this, not getting the kind of exclusives that are going to draw people into your platform and not understanding how to market it past the quote-unquote early adopter crowd to the crowd that something like Stadia is actually going to be attractive to. It just... It does not bode well, and and the the only worry that I have is that something like, you know, Google closing Stadia's um, studio and then eventually, you know, sunsetting the service, is what kind of what kind of pause does that put on the advancement of further advancing streaming game services? I know you know Xbox has their their system that they've you know, been pushing full force and, and putting into the Xbox Ultimate Pass situation, but you know, without a Google into that space, you're also going to have a hard time to really advance that kind of technology. So, yeah, I can't. I'm not surprised. I'm sure this is not a good sign for Stadia as a whole, but we'll see. Yeah, it it's kind of wild that. Like, when Stadia first came out, everyone was like, oh, they're just going to Google it again. They're going to do the Google thing, and, and this will last, like, two years, and then they'll drop it for good. And you're like, and, no, 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 it's fine. And Google was like, no, we won't do that, and then they did it, which is just... Like, they released a new Chromecast over the holiday season that, you know, the, the new Chromecast that had remotes, and it did not have Stadia support out of the box. That's insane. Like, and they're like, how, oh, well, what? we're going like to put the... it in later, but... I, and again, I do want to... You know, read a license, I, I, then, Josh. 
Again, I did not. I did not buy any of the games I played on Stadia. You know, I, I just did a temporary membership. I played a couple of the free games, and like I said, it was a perfectly passable experience. You know, I am no hardcore MLG gamer as much as my Rocket League car claims to be, but you know, I was like, these are perfectly, perfectly playable games, and you know, for a certain audience, I could definitely see the the appeal. Just when when you have to also then buy a special controller or you know you have to have the right Chromecast and not you know, the Chromecast that you already have that's when the the math just doesn't start to work out for that more casual person or the person who you know is right now waiting in GPU purgatory because there's nothing you know there's no yeah. silicon available like right now should be a perfect time for Stadia to be like hey Play your game yeah, on Stadia f- a, oh because you can't get what a 3090 and upgrade your rig right now. Play everything in 4K ultra settings right now this second. Yeah, because that's like even wait. a like that's even a good pitch to like to that's like the pitch to the hardcore people honestly like right now because like the person who's trying to get a 3090 but can't probably has the internet that makes Stadia good. Yep, like that's. That makes too. That makes too much sense. Like, Josh. like oh think God. about, like think of cynical me That's thinking wild, about this. Okay, man. Stadia, perfect product has everything you want on. Okay, so I'm trying to get a you know a 5950x and a 3090, and I know I'm not going to be able to get it for like a year, but I have, you know, uh, a 10900 and I have a 2070 Super, and they're both trading on the secondhand market for double their cost. I sell those, turn of profit, keep that money in my back pocket until the computer I want comes available, and then I just stream my games at high fidelity for a few months while I wait. Like, talk talk about a really good stopgap product and something you could then continue to keep. It just, I don't know. Yeah, this, okay, it's wild so that, like, that they've whiffed on that completely. Like, If I may, I, they did like do a huge marketing push to say, like, hey, we're noticing a lot of you are having cyberpunk issues with your hardware. You know what runs perfectly on Stadia? Cyberpunk 2077, which apparently I didn't play it, but apparently it does. So they did push there. But also that thing that you're talking about, Josh, about streaming games on Stadia, is that uh, there's still the contention that people have, and I still say rightfully so on so, uh, am I going to keep my games if yep. you guys go belly up? And Google never truly answered that question. Like, because they always I'm, dodge I'm, it. I'm imagining that Google doesn't have the final say in that. I, I That's would, fair. I would, be, I would bet dollars to donuts that, that when the inevitable folding of Google Stadia does happen, and it's coming like a goddamn freight train... <laughs> the I'm going to be able to like claim a key for my game on my you know platform of choice is going to be up to the individual publishers publishers yeah yeah and, or they, you know they may say hey you know yeah if you want to keep playing this you're gonna play it on the Epic Game Store not on Steam sorry bud sorry about ya like I'm I'm I'm, I'm willing to bet that that kind of language is in there contracts on that you know that distribution so i'm um, sure that that's what makes people like gun shy about like saying absolutely that let me drop 50 to 70 bucks because at least with xbox play anywhere you are just 
subscribing to something you you know you do not own that game yeah and you know google stadia is also a very perfect microcosm of the uh uncertainty of our digital libraries because we actually don't own anything that we have so <laughs> this is just the most likely to make us all confront that sooner Screw rather than you, later. Screw you, Josh. This yeah. is why I buy physical media. That th this is Your exactly physical what... media doesn't mean shit anyway. How, how not? I, I, Your no, player, hold player up, has an internet connection for a reason, right? Okay, so that's that's why if I they want to will, play certain games, I Disney will, will find one. your copy of Star Wars Blu-ray <laughs> that doesn't have the dumb uh, Jabba the Hutt scene in A New Hope, and they will put it in. They will <laughs> patch your Blu-ray. They patch it in. <laughs> that or two no. weeks later, a, a D-man, as they call them. Um, yes. Oh my God! Shows up to your house with a briefcase and says, "You must take this, or you are going, or I will drive you to your arbitration case right now." Slightly related topic. I also found this very funny. I don't know if anybody hmm. saw any of the BlizzCon streams, um, but on Twitch, Metallica, oh, yeah, Metallica was thing. playing their own song, <laughs> and Twitch DMCA'd it <laughs> and cut the song out. And overlaid it with some like do 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 songs, which I thought was absolutely that hilarious. That is so hilarious. That's so good, man. And if that's if that's not a perfect fuck yeah, like just encapsulation of what the hell Cyberpunk. is wrong with DMCA and like oh we can't listen to music on streams. Like that's there it is right there. There's no when you treat everything with a hammer, like you there's no nuance for anything. I, I want to. I want to talk about like that specific topic right there: copyright music and streaming. Um, so thanks to the recommendation of mutual friend of the show, Matt and Mike, I played and beat the game Control, and I'm low key angry at the both of them because I love reading SPC uh, like creepypastas okay. in my downtime. Angry, okay. Uh, or or YouTube videos, watching like lore-based YouTube videos on them. I'm like, man, this is some good stuff. This is good writing. If someone had told me there was a whole ass video game based on SP SCP, I would have been all over that. Would have pre-ordered that nonsense. Would have followed it. No, I'm just playing it two years later like a chump. Anyways, I do play it, and there's a whole button in the menus, the audio settings I was adjusting, where it's like disable copyrighted music. I'm like, okay. Uh, I haven't encountered any copyrighted music. There's a scene near the end of the game where they play some copyrighted music, and it's dynamite. It is, uh, it is great. It it is an excellent, excellent piece, and it goes really well with the song. I I mean, with the level. But I am curious what they would have played instead. But also, that speaks to the issues that we have, where there are whole buttons now for accessibility issues where they're like, if there is copyrighted music in this video game, click this button and we won't play it so you could stream this video game. That shouldn't be an issue if you own the rights to that video game because the video game publisher has already paid for the rights to that song. So you getting dinged by playing that song in that game is just... Like it's did, overlapping the bullshit. Yeah, like that should very easily fall into like fair use or transformative performance on the the topic. But also like yeah. in in this world where everybody has a subscription to some sort of streaming music service, like what person out there 
is going to, you know, let's say, let's just say, let's PewDiePie's channel to hope that he plays some sort of copyrighted piece of music that they can then record and rip and listen to for free. Yeah. Without any of the other content that's happening on that stream. Like, it is such a... Nobody is going to a streamer's channel to listen to a particular artist or listen to a particular song. It is literally just publishers and record labels wanting to try and figure out how to cash in on that sweet, sweet streaming revenue. There yep. is there there uh, I do want to say and I just want to play devil's advocate for half a second probably like half a minute. There are some people out there that have taken the piss. One of my favorite streamer DMCA violations that you can't help but laugh at was that guy that streamed a uh, UFC fight, but he that had a PS4 a controller in his hand, so he was acting like he was playing an actual UFC video game published by EA, and that's what he titled the stream as. But it was actually just the fight on pay-per-view that he was streaming to his peeps. And you know, I get it. I get it, publishers. There are people out there taking the piss. But that was one guy! <laughs> okay. And he's, it's never happened again, Yeah, I don't think. Brief sidebar. Maybe. <laughs> um, okay, I have a brief sidebar about a couple of things. I'll, I'll make this one here because it's most relevant. I think for a, a, a number of laws and regulations in mm. this country, there should be a... Um, uh, a uh, um, what's a thing that's a, that you call... Uh, uh, hijinks work around. So, like, yes, this is illegal, <laughs> but also he faked playing a video game so he could stream it. Like, if you do enough, like, Looney Tunes ass shit on something, if someone, if you kind of get like, ah, damn it, all right. If you can get that reaction out of the regulator, you should be allowed to do it. It's like the people who dressed <laughs> up as grannies to, like, get the COVID shot. Like, it's like, like, you're just like oh damn it like fine okay like if you manage to get the first one if your granny costume worked for the first one that's fine like if you manage to run across a canyon uh because you don't look down and see that you're not on the road uh you deserve to cross the canyon i just think that's how a couple it's, things should it's work. the it's the chortle it's the chortle challenge did you exactly make, did you make the regulator chortle then they can't challenge your claim exactly so, i thank I used- you um, I used to have that policy when I was a forum moderator for a game company I worked for. It was like if if it's not racist, you know, xenophobic, transphobic, what have you, but you made me laugh. Like it's offensive, but I like <laughs> I, I I turned the other eye. I was like, yeah, I'm having a good day today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kind and merciful God. Like you shall pass. Uh, yeah, and. uh Sorry to jump back to topics, but I um going no, back to like Stadia and Cloud stuff in general. I I think I've kind of had my pie in the sky idea about this before, but I think the other part of cloud gaming that I think like what Josh said, I think it will it will be uh, it will happen at some point in the future and become more ubiquitous. And I think that um, cloud gaming like really needs. I think it needs some kind of killer app that makes use of that technology and cloud gaming that 
renders it in, in a, a very different experience than um, a, like a tradition like traditional gaming. I don't know what that looks like, but if you know, I just think that there is something. I just feel like there's some untapped potential there with like if all of these if everybody's like in if everybody's streaming out of like you know all of these stadia servers like Mm -hmm. is there something we can do with that beyond just streaming i don't know like destiny like they're all in a destiny 2 strike or something like is that like you know what i mean something more than just like streaming uh, uh, Xbox game like building like, uh, like some... a battle royale game that requires you to stream because X Y Z reason it, yeah you like can only just, do it exactly streaming. just something that like or makes like, you know, use of that uh, technology that is in cannot be replicated on a, like a PlayStation a truly destructible and auto generated on the fly environment like you know you got your your Battlefield Bad Company Battlefield Two you know destructibility but like everything is interactable and changeable in some fashion because it you're not relying on somebody with a potato to do the rendering at the same time you with your yeah. double water-cooled titans are because it's all happening in the rack and it's all happening together so all that computation is happening at the same place so you can do all yeah. sorts of wild and intensive instancing because you're just putting in some data yeah. into it not having to actually like, compute stuff. I feel like that is the kind of thing that cloud gaming needs to really like get a hand a foothold and an appeal because it's just offer something that um, you can't that the technology because of it cannot be replicated elsewhere. And I got I two guess, things. I don't know what that looks like but I, that's just my shoot from the hip cloud uh, cl- cloud you know Massive action game idea. Er. Mag two. We we've mag er. We've 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 mag er. We've (laughs) multiplied the number of people in the server by ten. What was it? Uh, it was one hundred twenty eight people or two fifty six. One twenty eight on one twenty eight. Yeah. 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 I played mag. I was there. That was not a game. That was madness. That was just nonsense. You're just madness. firing into a stream of people. Um, it was great. It, it was wonderful. It was everything I needed it to be. <laughs> I was like, these these madmen actually did it. Look at this. I think uh, Josh did play it on my PS3 at yep. one point. It, it's not a game that like lasted very long because it requires 256 people with PS3s in 2009 online at the same time in the and same like, instance. And everybody, oh, just, you know... Just saying that just makes me go, oh. And it's not just, <laughs> and it's not just like a, a free-for-all. It's like, okay, every, you know, all of these 128 people per side are broken up into little squads, and those little squads have little objectives that they're doing that kind of yeah. fit into the whole overarching magpie so oh magpie mm. but i uh, like that that's nice mm. uh yeah i just you know anyway ray continue uh yeah there were two things i wanted to say about like okay one of the biggest like things that are hurting stadia is phil harrison here are two things that phil harrison has done for stadia in just a bad way and i don't want to shit talk a bunch of gaming peers but my goodness man so last year uh, <laughs> this is also hurting Stadia. <laughs> P- 
people who don't watch our video feed on YouTube probably should, because sometimes the facial uh, f- facial features we make while others talk are pretty good. Peak. Um, remember last year when people brought up the question of like, hey, no, it was like, actually it was in like uh, early 2019, people brought up the Phil Harrison, some interviewer, I forget what article. Hey, uh... You know, data caps are a thing. They're here to stay. Most people in the United States, especially the people that you're advertising this to, have data caps. How is Stadia going to address the data cap situation when downloading a 4K game takes up like 30 gigs or something ridiculous? Actually, more than that. What what was it? Like, imagine playing Final Fantasy VII Remake on Stadia. That is a 90 gig game, not in 4K. What is the 4K version of that streaming? Goodness gracious. And he said, well, and I'm not directly quoting, I'm paraphrasing, ISPs are really smart companies. They're going to do the right thing and do what they can to help satisfy their customers. When they see that their the customers are using are. more data, they'll just increase the data cap. They're and it's smart, like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, I'll give you that. I, I, I think he's been too in the weeds and too rich to realize that problems like data caps exist and are a real thing for people? Like, can you imagine, in the past year, with the COVID-19 situation, all three of us are working from home. We're using way more data than we normally do, because that's just the thing. Imagine trying to also game at all times while using all that. You're hitting your cap at week one. Like, right at the week one of your building I mean, cycle. If you, if you play Call of Duty for ten minutes, you're done for the month. <laughs> Honestly, probably good. You just, you just have one Warzone, 149th, zero kills, no. dead in Gulag. Yep. You okay. download Warzone, Warzone updates, you get a match, and you're, you're done. You're cut off. You can't hey, even go to hey, work. If you play Warzone on Stadia, at least you don't have to wait for shaders to install. <laughs> You're right. They're they're not constantly going onto your Mike's computer. Mike's listening. <laughs> go go on. <laughs> Tell. Me, I would like to know more. I will. I refuse to play a game like Call of Duty Warzone that has any latency lag that is not implicated on myself. Like I mean, you play Smash Bros a lot, so yeah. I do play Smash Bros a lot. You got me. You you got me good. <laughs> That ha- I I know Josh doesn't honest, know this, right? but for the people, I, I I have to bring this up to Josh. Uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, no matter how good your internet connection is, has by design online twelve frames of uh input lag. That is what what is that one eighth of a second? That one eighth of a second means a lot <laughs> to a lot of characters. Real bad. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah, there are certain characters where it's like, well, your your jab that comes out at frame one, shit's coming out at frame twelve, motherfucker. <laughs> and there's Not there's nothing you can do about yeah. that. That's that that's just. I it. mean, okay, I'm again, I'm no elite fighting game uh, master, but that sounds bad. It makes Little Mac the worst. He's already the worst character. It just makes him below garbage now. Picking Little Mac online, and you're just, you're just, either you're really that confident, or you're just giving up the ghost. Uh, I, I think, as we've said before, uh, Little Mac is the, is like, Little Mac is the worst character, but also that means you should be fucking terrified if you see someone playing Little Mac. I'm because legit afraid. They, they know, too. 
<laughs> and that should scare you. If you get on Elite Smash and your next opponent is a Little Mac player, give him, give him the W. Router, ASAP. <laughs> just, yeah, nope. just go uh-uh. ahead, give him the W. Don't even bother. It's gonna, gonna be humiliating. <laughs> uh, I just thought of another thing uh, um, with the, uh, the hijinks exception. Like, okay. if, if three kids in a trench coat successfully sneak into an R-rated movie, just let them watch the movie. So, yeah, yeah, they, they, they earned it. it. They, they absolutely... If they walk up to the ticket counter, they wobble their way there, yeah. and they're like, excuse me, one for Alien versus Predator, please. Let them in. Just let yeah, them watch like, the stupid movie. You know, and, and there's going to be a sliding degree. Like, you know, the more heinous the, the crime or infraction... You know, mm-hmm. the hijinks need to be pretty dang good to justify it. Like, Yeah. You probably you can't know. commit murder unless it's really good hijinks. <laughs> like, like it's murder is, up there. is bad. But if you, like, you know, trick a bad, per, a, like a shitty billionaire into driving their uh, Tesla truck into a, like a, a canyon wall that you painted a tunnel on. I mean, uh, you might be able to swing a jury on that. I don't know. Well, would that just, like, catastrophically explode if someone actually did that? <laughs> now I'm, like, giving that thought. All right, I'm going to stop. Okay, one last thing Phil parody, Harrison did. Parody, That's a joke. Parody, parody, parody. parody. Phil Harrison, uh, well, so we opened this up by saying, like, two of their first-party studios were closed, uh, the gaming studios. One in L.A., one in Canada somewhere. I forget where. I'm not a journalist, clearly. Uh, a week before they closed down those studios, Phil Harrison was actually doing a Zoom conference call saying that everyone in the studio is doing great. They have a long-tail future. They can't wait to introduce the games. Here's their marketing plan going forward. Basically, everyone's under the assumption everything's going great. And they find out via social media that they've been laid off. So, uh... Phil Harrison has now admitted to Polygon that, and to his investors and to his employees that, yeah, I lied. That was a regrettable thing I said. That's scum. That is so scummy to to, to do that. Phil of Harrison, oopsie doopsie, I made a fucky wucky. I saw we like. I I I accidentally complicated your lives and let you (laughs) let you think you had a job security. Uh, now, to credit to Google, I guess they said that they were going to fold them into the Google ecosystem and put them on other projects, but there are some people where that's not an option. Like, most of Google is located, like, in the Bay Area, in the East Coast, a little bit in Austin, I do believe. Uh, some people, like, re like uprooted their entire lives to just go move and start working on one Stadia game for, what, was it 13 months? Good lord. That's nothing. That's pre-production. On, on, you know, on Tuesday going around slapping everybody on the back. See you tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that bullshit? Yeah, He's also like-, like Google is not necessarily a company I want to be uh, folded into uh, something else because <laughs> you one day you're working on like the Stadia original, I don't know, uh, uh, Globe War or whatever, um, yeah, is was the Glo- name of some awful game they're making. That not Globe really, but, War, um, That's probably what it was called. Uh, and then the next day, it's like, oh, look, now you're at the Google Drone Factory t- teaching the killbots how to uh, survive in gladiatorial combat. That is your new job, monkey. Get in there. I, 
I'm so glad you brought that up because I never actually considered that, Mike. Imagine this, fam. You're a game designer. Your job is writing documentation and overseeing the project of the actual vision of a game. That's your job as game designer. Google says the one thing that you were good at, we've shut down two whole studios worth. What do you do then? Well, obviously you redesigned the uh, no internet connection uh, idle game. Yeah, you what? add microtransactions. You make new skins for the dinosaur. There you go. Oh my god. That or you call Fortnite and be like, Mr. Fortnite, do you want to be the new offline guy, dinosaur guy? <laughs> I have Please a, I have a sweet help, gig help for me. you. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, that's cool of them to say, but is that possible for them to actually do? Like, there are some extremely specialized jobs in the gaming industry. I guess some of them are just going to have to, like, go somewhere else. That's the obvious answer right there. It, I don't know. It's still kind of... I, I feel that's that was I mean, supremely Google, shitty. Google is so wide and varied. They have coders, they have graphic designers, they have community managers, they have project managers. Like they have, they have verticals in every place where they could find somebody. It's just do sure. do those people want to do that job or do they want to make a video game? Like yeah, you know, being a graphic designer trying to produce the next Google Home Hub Max skin is very different than trying to design a brand new character for the next Globe hot War. Video They're game. exciting IP, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, I guess, that, that's but all I wanted to get. If we're done with that, um, I have some news in Ray's favorite segment. Time for Josh's. Time for Josh's. Time for Josh. Time for Josh. Time for Josh's. Josh's Tech Minute. <laughs> oh my goodness, it is good to be back for Josh's Tech Minute, Ray. God, I love the fact that you still have to cut that in to the audio every single time. <laughs> um, there is a lot happening in the hardware space. I, I'm sure many of you are aware. Um, there's a global chip shortage going on right now. Uh, yes, Mike. Uh, I want to buy a graphics card. Uh, does Amazon have them? Uh, um, okay. Two-day shipping? You... Okay, uh, or, question. Or five-day que shipping. Let me, let me question you this. Are you okay paying double MSRP? <coughs> no. Then no, uh, there are no graphics cards no. for you. Ah. Is um, there a reason why? There are, there are multiple reasons why. First off, there is a global semiconductor shortage, just period. It is it is so bad to the point where there are not enough chips to go around, where it has disrupted American auto manufacturing. Like, they have ooh, had to... Ooh, ooh. <laughs> they have, there, there have <laughs> been several one, auto manufacturers who have either uh, cut production or completely ceased production for a matter of days to weeks because they do not have enough parts to put in cars. Um, NVIDIA also announced the fact that they are going to re-release in small numbers, I believe the 1050 Ti and the 2060 uh, regular or super edition uh, because that Whoa. Ampere architecture and some of those older uh, are, you know, they're easy to fab because there just isn't enough fab space. Uh, the Biden administration has actually responded to a letter from the Chip Manufacturer Consortium 
who have basically been uh, talking to the U.S. government, saying, "Hey, we, you know, we want to expand production in the United States." I, I believe TSMC or somebody is building a a fab in Arizona currently, but they're talking about we, you know, we need more production space for everybody. We're talking Intel, AMD, Nvidia you know, the, the arm partners, like everybody's saying like, we need more production here in the United States. Um, and you know, the U S has kind of, they've been taking the angle and, and the U S as well as a, this is a national defense issue because they don't have enough chips to go into things that keep a manu American manufacturing moving. You know, if, if auto production has to slow down, if you don't have enough chips to put in your bombs to blow up Brown people, then, you know, real people suffer. Yes, Ray. I have a question. I, okay. Nothing of what you said in the past 30 seconds sounded bad. Now, all of that sounded like a net positive in my book. No, I, don't get me wrong. I do believe that these these fabs opening up in the United States would be a good thing. One, more fab space is just very important. They're, they, you know, they're already talking about the fact that Apple has bought up, I want to say, 80% of TSMC's 5 nanometer process for the next couple of years even though amd is looking to start building on the five nanometer uh, other you know arm is looking at some of their five nanometer processes to build their chips so you know there's just not enough fab space to go around to meet demand um but on top of that that just this last weekend nvidia announced that at the same time that they're releasing the 3060 which is supposed to retail for three twenty nine, but is already being sold for a thousand dollars on the secondhand market, <laughs> um, because of the current mining craze that is partially playing into the shortages, that they are going to artificially lock the hashing rate on the thirty sixty graphics card through some sort of weird BIOS trickery, so that it can only do half of the hashing computations because wouldn't you know it they're going to release special mining cards on poorly binned 3060 dies to sell to miners that will then you know obviously attract them to buy that instead of the gaming card so there are more gamers getting graphics cards and not the miners out there that's wild it's weird. So it's not the first time they've done it, uh, but the last time they did it, Nvidia did not necessarily, uh, you know, make a page on their actual website about uh, all these, you know, mining specific graphics cards. It was just silently some of the board partners released cards that didn't have video outputs that were specifically for mining. You know, they were cheap. They didn't have great cooling. They just were there. Um, but now, you know, this has a whole page on the NVIDIA website about their CMP cards that are, you know, binned not as well. They don't have the same computational power. Uh, you know, the 3060 is not going to be able to hash as much because of this artificial limit they're putting on. So miners will go and buy these poorly binned cards because they're specific for mining, which is really bad logic if you think about it. Why can't they just buy the gaming cards? 
well, here's the, you 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 would think that the miner would would rather buy the gaming card because a the gaming card is more efficient, and b for the miner when the market does bust or they want to get out of it, what has a better resale value for the miner? A card that nobody wants because it doesn't have a video output and doesn't perform as well or efficiently, <laughs> or the card that they can sell to somebody for half of MSRP because they can sell them in bulk to reclaim some of the investment that they had in that hardware. So it doesn't make sense to me, like, setting off a card to design for mining because you could just not buy that card. Well, and also, the the logic of, okay, we're going to take these poorly binned chips from our production process so we're not wasting anything and we're going to put them specifically in these cards. Great in theory at first, but as production on a new process continues on in time, yields get better. They get better at making those chips, so you have fewer and fewer of the, you know, the actual pieces on that wafer that are bad and don't pass spec. Because eventually you get to the point where you're taking high binning chips and just artificially clocking them down because you're so good at making them, you cannot match that skew anymore. So, yes, NVIDIA's right. Oh, we're not going to take from the gaming supply of all the stuff we're making. We're just going to make sure that these miners aren't taking from the gaming supply for you. Doesn't really hold out because in six months the process is going to be maturing so they're going to have to take some of the good stuff and put it in the mining card because they're not making the bad stuff anymore and also the miners aren't going to want that bad card anyway because it's not as efficient and they can't resell it that's wild this is exactly what i'm saying i'm saying like it's an idea that the moment you think about it for 30 seconds falls apart yeah i have it, a, it, a brief sidebar uh, I just think it's kind of hilarious. Not it's not haha funny, but like ah oh, fuck funny. Uh, but uh, just recently, uh, Bitcoin has collectively uses more electricity than Argentina, uh, putting it in the top thirty uh, of energy users uh, worldwide. If it was a country. Oh, also probably I, fine. They also use more money. They also use more electricity than like Denmark. They're, like several. Yeah actual like sovereign nations yeah i think they're about they're gonna pass like it looks like uh, based on this uh, article from the bbc they are bitcoin will you know is very close to passing uh norway and ukraine the crazy thing about that is at this point it's not half of that energy isn't even being used for mining it's just for the verification of the transactions because math still has to happen to verify in the blockchain that this transaction and this coin is acceptable and, and is what it says and hasn't duplicated in any way. Like, because it is so hard to actually mine Bitcoin, most of the energy uses is still just confirming the Bitcoin transactions and not actually mining the coin as much anymore. So, yes, there is there's a, a global... Bitcoin is baffling to me. Like, it it's hilarious. It's Again, not in haha funny, but ah oh, fuck funny. Yes, I was uh, I was trying I was trying to explain it to my wife the other day because she was also like laughing, you know, like oh my god, I cannot believe Congress is like looking into the GameStop, you know, buffoonery that happened. And then she 
I kind of explained how Bitcoin and Ethereum and all this stuff works, and she's like, wait a minute. How is that any different than, like, the GameStop stuff that happened? I was like, it's, it's uh, really, like, it's not. <laughs> it's like, wife, you, you, what you do is that you leave your car on, and you ask your car to solve Sudokus, and then you leave your car on, uh, and then if everybody does that, uh, somebody will solve someone's car will solve the Sudoku, uh, and then that turns into uh, the value for doing stuff. <laughs> and she's like, "Wait, who decides that it's fifty thousand dollars?" And I'm like, "The people, the market, the people. The, you know, the the, the 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 ones who the the, the people with the money." Uh oh, like, someone's learning oh. that money's <laughs> fake. Oh no, <laughs> whoa. Oh. Can I can I tell that Dogecoin story, Mike, on the podcast? Uh sure. Where where me and you dove in the Dogecoin, and then I think Mike cashed out after like he got twenty five bucks, and he's like, "Wait a minute, what's Dogecoin actually worth?" And we both talked about how like you can't actually buy anything physical with a Dogecoin. <laughs> he's like, "Oh no, money is really fake." <laughs> it's like you know, sometimes you know, sometimes it's just like you know. The fact that a lot of the things that we take for granted are wholly artificial constructs, it's like, yeah. you know, you kind of know when you press up against the wall, like, you know it's going to have some give. But there's a dif- but there's a difference between give and fucking paper mache that explodes the second you touch it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just very funny. Um it- we never, uh, we never had a podcast, or we never briefly talked about. We're running, we're running out of time, but yeah, I think there's a whole podcast we could have done about the whole uh, GameStop AMC situation, but maybe for another time. Yeah, or, hands, you know, that ship we, has sailed. We'll, really, we'll have to say that for another time because uh, there was so much news. We're not even going to be really able to talk about the games we've been playing because <laughs> we'll have to true. say that for another day because we are already at an hour. But yeah, global chip shortage. It is wild out there. You cannot buy. Uh, a card or a processor to save your life. I do believe there is there is some Intel stock um, in place that you can get. Um, but you know, if you want if you want an, a Ryzen chip, if you want an Nvidia card, if you want a Radeon graphics card, there's nothing for you. Um, and on, these kids, they're all they're too busy worried about silicon chips instead of tortilla chips. Not gonna lie, I want tortilla chips now. Is that uh, is that anything, guys? I mean, so I I'm gonna see if Murray will let me on his late night show. I don't know. I just if you want to continue to see bad segues like that, do you know where you can find him? <laughs> Harsh uh, well, where, where, sir? Unscriptedgaming.com. Where oh, you can dip. find links to all of our audio and video podcasts. You can get us on our socials at Unscripted Game Podcast on Facebook, at Unscripted underscore gaming on Twitter. Follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash unscripted dash gaming. We are on YouTube as Unscripted Gaming. Get us in any of the podcatchers. Yes, Michael. I'd just like to make a special announcement. Um, as some of you may be aware, uh, one Zack Snyder tricked HBO into letting him make a fucking four-hour version of Justice League. Uh, and once again, um, I as uh, as Virgil and Ray as Dante 
are we are descending into the hell of bad things and so therefore you can expect a creed got robbed of from at least the two of us of uh, I, the Zack Snyder Justice League cut. I have access to HBO Max. I don't know if I have access to four hours, but I'm going to do my best to be on that Creed Got Robbed. There's, there's also, I mean, I'm going to be honest. Also, I'm going to have to, like... I, I have to, like, say, like, hey, this entire Sunday doesn't exist. It's yeah, dedicated to just watching this dumbass okay, movie okay, or something quick, like that. Real quick, before we sign out. Okay, if I'm going to participate in this Creed Got Robbed, do... Because I'm a, I'm a virgin here. Do I have? Do I need the context of watching any of the Superman or the original uh, Justice League, or should I go in completely raw, having seen none of the DC universe? And I mean, just I the think Snyder that cut? will honestly that will be valuable because yeah, having you'll be no control con- going fu- going raw into Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League is fucking hilarious. Okay, it's, I'm, so I'm we should right keep now. it that way. I won't watch Wonder Woman. I won't watch Batman or Superman, whatever the fuck. I won't watch anything. I will go into Zack Snyder's cut raw. Just and getting like all of the baffling, like Ben Affleck as Batman, like all of that stuff compressed into one <laughs> four-hour. <laughs> no, it's gonna That's be gonna bad be because if it's anything like the original Justice League, then. I feel you know what? I'm not gonna say another word. Yep. I'm gonna let this one be a surprise. Keep, keep my keep my ears clean, but you know where you can see me once I've been filthed up right here on unscriptedgamingtalk.com. Make oh. sure you get subscribed <laughs> to everything so you don't miss it. Thank you for listening to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Josh. My name is Mike. And that's Ray. Peace. <laughs>